The Niche Podcast Podcast is your backstage pass to some of the most innovative business podcast conversations you're likely to find. It's, I thought it might be fun, and I have uh, little to no agenda outside of the <laughs> fact that you guys have ramped up. You've essentially launched in the last month, if, if, mm-hmm. we, if we look at it. So I thought it would be a fair way for us to sort of just revisit the conversation about your experience and get a little feedback from you. What's working now that wasn't working a couple months ago, that kind of thing. But um, good or bad, I'd like to hear, you know, what you see going on on your end. Here's what a rookie podcaster I am. I should introduce Casey Byrus <laughs> from the Delutri Law Group. She is the mega marketer for Carmen Delutri, and Carmen Delutri is the host of the Speakeasy Law podcast uh, here in Fort Myers, Florida. So having gotten that out of the way, what are your thoughts on the last month of your own podcasting? So um, we're having a lot of fun. That's the the biggest um, point of it all. And so for us, um, actually, believe it or not, one of our core values here in the office is to um, play hard, work harder. So I know that there there's a saying of, um, you know, work hard, play harder. We, we do opposite. So we believe in having fun, playing hard, but we have to work harder because of that. Um, but it's always fun. No matter what we do, everything we do is fun. Um, and when we have to get into the nitty gritty of the actual processes and procedures and everything, we have to let loose after that and, and enjoy life. Otherwise, what's the point of doing any of this if it's not fun? So I would say for the last month, that's the biggest key. Um, do you want me to start from like the beginning from where we had challenges prior to you? Oh, I mean, if you have thoughts on that, I'd love to hear them. Sure. Yeah. So the the podcast was actually something that Carmen wanted for a very long time. I was hesitant to it because where were we going to go with it? What was the point of it? Were we just doing a podcast to say we had a podcast? Was there a purpose to it? You know, it was so much work and so much effort to do these things. Um, And I just didn't want to do it halfway. Uh, One of my biggest, I, I know that this sounds like I'm, um, you know, it's like one of those interview questions. What's your strengths and weaknesses? You know, everybody gives like their their best weakness. But one of my <laughs> weaknesses truly is that I am a perfectionist. And I am a perfectionist to a fault. So for me, um, a lot of times, you know, Carmen will have these grand ideas. He's definitely the visionary in our office. And I am the, the implementer. I figure out how to make it happen. When it came to the podcast, I was intimidated by it. I didn't know what to do with it. It wasn't something that was in my wheelhouse. Um, and so we, we attempted to launch a podcast a few times over the years, but you know, somebody had recommended this equipment that was so overwhelming and I'm like, I don't even know how to use this. And so every time we attempted to do it, we failed before we even started. Um, when I met you, you had actually sent me a message on LinkedIn, which I never reply to messages on LinkedIn. And I'm like, okay, tell me more. Um, and so then when you came in, you said basically everything we had been saying, that it needs to be fun, that we need to enjoy what we're doing. Um, we don't need this complicated equipment. I don't have to figure out how to upload all this stuff to all these different um, streaming services. So it was like music to my ears. I'm like, oh my God, this could be a reality. Like we can actually make this happen now. So that was our biggest hurdle in getting the podcast going for a few years was just starting. 
where do we start? That's funny. That's the biggest hurdle I have identified because, and I think that it would be a lot easier for you if podcasts came with a rule book. <laughs> and if, if it was like, okay, we're only allowed to record this long and we're only allowed to put it here. So oh, actually, we, that would be terrible for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but it, you would have an immediate course of action. I think right. what happens is paralysis by analysis because it is such a wide open um, venue for you or anyone else mm -hmm. who's starting. And to your point about, oh, um, it being fun, if it's not fun, you won't be doing it in three months, mm -hmm. much less six, much less a year. And a lot of the benefits will happen over time, for sure. Mm -hmm. I will admit that you bringing up the part about being a perfectionist will work against anyone who's trying to start a podcast is going to have 10 times more difficulty and half the output in the beginning as they try and shed their perfectionist um, skin it's on difficult. that project. What you'll find, and tell me if I'm wrong, but here's what I've pitched and here's what I'm doing with everybody, including you, and is if you're really thinking hard about everything and if everything's a, a long, hard process, I'm not saying that was your case, but for the, like somebody new who's setting up, they're like, where do we begin? Mm -hmm. How should I form? Don't format it. Don't come up with the great idea. Don't have a round table with your friends expecting them to say, oh, this is how you should do your show. Just do your show. And what you'll find is it's really easy to have conversations with people. And it's not that hard to turn conversations with people into a show. <laughs> but if you sit down and want to record a show, you have just created five times the work of a mm -hmm. conversation. And that's kind of a weird way to put it. And I hope that makes sense. Oh, it makes complete sense to me. I mean, I listen to, to podcasts like Crime Town, which, you know, there is so much effort that goes into that. Like that is a story. That is a lot of editing and producing, whereas we're never going to do that. We're conversationalist. We need to, it, it can't be scripted. It can't be something that is formatted like that. They are, they're attempting to tell a story in a long format. We're just having a, an hour long conversation. So it's, it's, it makes complete sense to me. I mean, if we tried to make it into something like Crime Town, it would put five times the workload on every single person involved. I want to say you've, you've done approaching, you're approaching 20 episodes now. And, f um, and f probably pretty close. Right. And it's only been a few guests to bridge the gap from when you were sort of uh, stuck at a plateau for a couple of months. Yeah. And, um, but I looked the other day and I was like, holy cow, I think these guys almost have 20 podcast episodes out. And it feels and I like have another just, one to just yesterday you. it was, yeah, yeah. So I think that's key to it. And going back to your point about perfectionism, about how steep that makes your launch process when perfectionism mm -hmm. is the goal, I think I'd like to be the cure to perfectionism in that I become the person you can blame for everything imperfect for the first 90 days. And you can bang out in 90 days. If you're not banging out 30 to 40 episodes, something's broken. So 
But by the time you get to week two or week three, there is so much material for you to look at and say, ooh, I like how that was. I don't like how that was. Mm -hmm. I like the voiceover guy. I don't like the voiceover guy. Get a voiceover girl, change the artwork. But as long as your output is um, uh, prolific, if you're putting out a ton, the the onus for everything to be perfect becomes cut in half as well for a couple reasons it's like you're undeniably the podcast in your your little space when you get to 30 40 50 episodes when most businesses most businesses don't put out 12 episodes a year mm-hmm. you know the average business podcast probably has four episodes that were posted a year and a half ago and they haven't kept up with it for reasons that you and i are probably damn well familiar <laughs> with we we know why they're not doing it um, yeah yeah And, you know, I think a lot of, too, at least for lawyers, you know, there's a lot of lawyers who don't have somebody in my position. Um, So I know that there's a lot of, in many law firms, there's a lot of part-time marketers. So they're part-time legal assistant, part-time marketer. Um, However, for me, looking at those two roles, those are two completely different roles. And if you have somebody attempting to do both those roles, then you either have the wrong person in the paralegal spot or you have the wrong person in the marketing (laughs) spot. Because I can tell you right now, um, there's, I work with somebody, she started right around the same time I did. And so we've been here for almost six years now. And um, she is an amazing paralegal. She is a boss. But I can assure you, if you switched Lauren and I's position, we would not be happy. We would not have the output we have. The office would be drastically different if you switched our roles. And that's because we have different personalities and different strengths. She's amazing. She's a hard worker. I think she's awesome. And she is bomb at her job. But I think if you try to put somebody in a part-time position in her role and a part-time position in my role, you're doing yourself a disservice in one of the two areas. It's not the same personality type. No, certainly. I agree with that. Um, well, that makes sense. That's why I'm not, I could easily have social marketing, website, pay-per-click, and right. SEO services on my menu. But I, to be honest with you, it's, but it's also the same pitch I give to a prospective client, which is, Sure, you could be the digital marketing podcast. It's going to take you a million dollars in cash just to get noticed. Your right. your your competition is companies like Gannett. You're going to get slaughtered. Right. But if you're if you're like I'm I'm picking the smallest pond I can. I don't I want to be the niche podcast podcast guy. I don't even want to be like it's it's I'm happy with my tiny 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 little pond. And I want to be the guy who knows the most about that pond. I think yeah. it's almost impossible from a marketing perspective for you to get credibility as a know-it-all, for you to get engagement as a know-it-all, or for you to get traction as a know-it-all in any way. Um, and so the people who have the narrowest slice of mm-hmm. approach to their podcast, they make the biggest splash in their market the quickest because some industry media that exists will say, look at this maniac doing all these stories on this little topic that we don't really want to dig into and the larger media for a particular industry or geography or sort of wherever Mm -hmm. you fit in, like you'll find them reaching out to you or you'll find PR people reaching out to you saying, I have somebody who just wrote a book about uh, their experience 
in a car accident and we'd love to have them on your podcast to talk about the book as you're a personal injury attorney. Like those things happen. Clients of right. mine have already gotten calls from PR companies. Clients of mine have already gotten calls from uh, trade show organizations in their industry. That's you know, and, where you know, and, oh, and jump that's in. one thing you and I have talked about too. I mean, because after, you know, I'll submit a couple episodes and then you and I jump on a call and you kind of coach me through and tell me, you know, what, where you kind of see the strengths and weaknesses. And that's extremely helpful to me. Um, and I mean, I, I feel them too when we're in, in the podcast, you know, there's certain things that I do differently now than when we started. It just feels like it flows better. It's easier. You know, I've just kind of learned a little bit more, but those phone calls with you are extremely helpful. And one of the things you said to me, you know, when I was like, well, I could have so-and-so on and we could talk about this and you're like, okay, but so is everybody else. And I'm like, all right, good point. <laughs> you know, we're not all Joe Rogan. We don't come into a podcast with a huge fan base already. We can't just talk about whatever we want, you know, so if it's going to be a broad topic, you better have a broad following already. Um, True. If you're, you're new to the game, you know, I mean, you got to kind of pick something that people are going to search for. You're going to be at the bottom of the list doing business and leadership. I find lawyers tend to get that. I have not had a conversation with a law firm who argues back when I say, no, you can't, you can't be a law firm podcast. You have to pick business law mm -hmm. and then you have to only talk about like franchisee stuff. Like it's got to be that narrow and be yeah. the fran business franchisee advocate podcast and you've got something. Start a second podcast in six months when that does well. But if you're one week talking about area of practice A and the next week you're talking about area of practice B and so on. You're working your way through your drop down menu on your website. And you're like, <laughs> we got to get all this shit on our podcast. That is the, you basically you shouldn't even have a podcast because nobody's going to care about any of it. Your yeah. audience one week is a totally different audience the next week. I like the idea of taking an area of practice, doing a whole season on it, 10 guests in a row on area of practice one. And then move on to area of practice two for season two. Mm -hmm. I can be talked into that no problem. Like if, you know, but I, I think you have to gain the trust of your audience. I think having a podcast for three months doesn't gain you any trust. I think you have to have a podcast for at least three months. You've got to be hitting these people with a regular cadence. And they have to trust that you're not going to get tired of it and quit. Because mm -hmm. nobody's rooting for you to have the local podcast or the local legal podcast. Like secretly, they're like, "Shit, I I wish that was I me." Should have done it. Yeah, and so I think for for the first six months, everybody's quietly rooting against you, and then once <laughs> once it becomes a thing where it's like, "Oh, they're not going away." Like they're how do we get on this, that show? Then that's the it switches. It's like, well, screw it. If you can't beat them, join them. And it doesn't look like these guys are sinking or quitting. So. I guess we give them the mantle of the media for this tiny little niche in our in our market. But that's mm -hmm. a real thing. I think the um, having a little longevity, a little consistency, and at a glance when somebody Googles your podcast, it has to look like a, a real thing, a Absolutely. thing that's established. So like all the accompanying video and stuff, it, it seems to really be worthwhile for that first impression. Plus you know, your guests, are, should start to appreciate that too. Like mm -hmm. when they get Googled, they're going to come up 
being interviewed by you where you're focusing on how smart they are and how great they are and how charming they are. Like your podcast is in no way a bad place for your, your <laughs> guests to get found and referenced if people are searching for them for their own product or services. What's it's funny like, is uh, two of the people that we've, we've interviewed and this is how I know that um, this is my testimony to you that I know that things are happening on your end. Two of the people that we've had on as guests actually have their own podcast and they've had them much longer than we have. Um, really? Yeah. And so one of them recently I Googled, I won't say which one, but I Googled their name and podcast because I was looking for the name of their podcast so I could give them a little shout out um, to someone privately and Speakeasy Law came up and I said, no way. And they've had that, theirs much longer than we have, so I was. And you, you was come up higher happy. than they do for their. Yeah. I, that's a huge part of it, and it I think cool. I, I belabor that in in probably other podcasts I'm doing or videos or in my pitch. But I do think if you never posted your podcast yourself, and all you did was rely on your guests to post and if you give them enough material like I I, mm -hmm. I literally think if you're like screw it I'm not doing any social posting in 2022 I'm gonna have my guests do it every week for me it wouldn't yeah. be a, it wouldn't be the worst strategy considering the amount of time you just freed up to do other things it would not be the worst strategy in the world to just have your guests be a marketing department for you every week so you know on their that, social that's actually a great idea so if if you're sitting there saying i don't have time to do a podcast and, and you're you're looking at you know all the time you already spend on social because trust me social media is a large portion of the latrie wall group it's a lot I know it is. Luckily, I have um, Jackie who um, she's actually doing the social media now and it's great because I gave her a guideline. Like I said, I'm a perfectionist. I'm neurotic. I have certain ways that I like things. I gave her a guideline of how I want things and I swear I would think that I wrote these posts. She just emulates them perfectly. Um, so for me though, I, when I was doing them myself, it was a lot of time. I know how time consuming it truly is. So if you're saying I don't have time to do a podcast, that's not a bad plan. I mean, you can give up the time if you have to do one or the other, give up the time in doing some of the social media, switch your time over to a podcast and then let your guests do the social media aspect for you. It's it's honestly not a bad plan. Yeah, would it and, happen and in my office? Probably not, but if I had to give one up over the other, it's not a bad plan. Well, and you'd be remiss since you do have resources who are working on social and who are working right. on marketing. If you get a, a Dropbox folder full of media, it's like, well, you'd be silly not to use some of it right. some way, somehow, because somebody's logging into that social to do work. Um, but, but even I me, I mean, that's my, my full-time job. So there's a lot of, I know you have attorneys who are just doing this on their own. So for oh, them, sure. their days are filled with actual cases. I don't work on cases. My job is to do the marketing. So it's easier for me. But for somebody like an attorney who's spending too much time on social media, it's not a bad idea. Well, just the titles for the episodes and just uh, manipulating text for like five episodes to be posted I mean, that, that could easily take you an hour. Oh, yeah. And that's the thing is like, 
I know you know because you've worked with graphics, you've worked with video, you've worked with audio, but any single task related to any of those things has the potential to go from a 10-minute task to an hour and a half at the, at the drop of yeah. a hat, like one grain of sand in the gears and all this media crap turns into a shit show in terms of the hours you have to pile in. I did get a podcast from a client this week. The, it was the first one at maybe this year where his, his audio was just awful. Oh, no. And it, it wasn't the guest the calling. Worst. It was his something about his desk on his microphone. It was set up differently. And I had to call him and say, listen, man, I cannot, unless I find somebody who can work a miracle on this, I will not put this out because it, it, it sounds like you can't afford a podcast crew <laughs> or, 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 or good equipment. I was like, so the worst case scenario in that is, and if that happens to him once a year, it's not the worst thing. Um, I mean, crazier things. It's not like his website crashed for the day. It just means he has to have another half hour conversation with a guy who's really influential in the business anyway. Right. So it's, if the conversations you're having weren't worth having to begin with, if you weren't recording them, then you pick the wrong guest is, is what I'm thinking. So it really right. shouldn't ca count as time that takes away from that, like you said, a solo practitioner or somebody who doesn't have mm -hmm. any team. Um, if that call wasn't worth their while, well, they simply shouldn't be having it. But if that call's worth their while for a potential referral partner, that type, then yes, recording it is the bonus. The call isn't the extra thing, the recording of it and mm -hmm. the reuse of that call so that 200 other people can listen to it in the next month or two. That's the value. Um, but it's, I was really psyched to hear you start the call with, oh, we're having fun. I yeah. don't think if, you, if you're not having fun a month into podcasting, we broke something when it was set up for sure. Like there's, I've had three phone calls with three clients in the last seven days, and every single one of them started to call with, I got to tell you, I really like doing this. It's one of the highlights of my week, and I'm like, good oh, Lord. Yeah, we have so much fun, um, especially I, since we moved our location. Our new location makes it. Wait, you yeah. moved? Well, remember the first few episodes we actually filmed at our office. Oh, and oh, so oh, it was oh just that's right. The sound was great, I guess, but now we've been doing it at the Standard, which is a local restaurant right down the road from us, and they give us this corner booth, and it's cool because people walk in, and they see us setting up, and they give us the stairs, so now we have, actually, I have it, um, I can show it to you if you're recording A this. placard? You've got a yeah. placard up now. I knew it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hold on, I'll get it out. Oh, wait, are you on, uh, is your camera on? I don't have you yeah. on the screen. My camera's on on mine. So I got this this sign that says we're recording. So I'm hoping that, you know, if people are staring at us every week in the corner booth with all our podcast equipment, that's I awesome. we may as well put up a sign and let everybody know what we're doing and how to find us. Um, and a lot of people while we're recording will walk by. They will stop and be quiet, but they will stop and read our sign. And then, you know, in the background. It was funny, um, last episode, you can probably hear it in the background, some people walked by and they're like, oh, they're recording a show. Are they from the radio? And the other girl's like, no, there's a sign on there. What's the sign say? And I could hear them through my headset. That's and funny. And so I kind of smiled at them because I was like, I, I bet that actually made the show. And it was cool because, you know, people are noticing now. Um, and so it's, it's fun. But the new location has made it so much fun. I mean, 
we get drinks ordered while we're in the middle of a podcast. I mean, what kind of a lawyer goes to a bar on a Friday to record a podcast and we order drinks in the middle of the podcast to keep the conversation flowing? It's just fun. One who doesn't want to be boring. I love (laughs) it. Um, And did uh, I have to say I was slightly terrified when you guys told me you were going to record in a restaurant, not knowing what the music situation would be, not knowing. I was, I trust me, I was terrified myself. It sounds awesome, though. Don't you think that the background noise is perf? It, it's mm-hmm. it's it's a different vibe, but it's perfectly listenable. I don't think it degrades the quality of the audio in any way, shape, or form. That there is a constant sort of, it's, uh, I call it. It's almost like lyrical. It's like silverware mm-hmm. and plates clinking is not a, an offensive no. um, experience. I think it's it's really added to the sort of atmosphere. The fact that you're also taking a break every few minutes to order drinks from a waitress and t- like stopping the podcast. It's always Nicole. Like that's my favorite Nicole thing. Nicole is always our girl. <laughs> like she comes over, it's check on us. We wave her off if we don't need it. We stop the podcast and order if we do. That's funny. Mm-hmm. You should make her take your order on the mic one of these days. Get her involved. <laughs> um, yeah, maybe we should. Maybe funny. we should start the podcast and let her come over and do it. She always takes pictures for us. She's awesome. It's actually funny. Last week when we were there, there was a Christmas party happening in the, the private room, which is right on the other side of our um, booth. And they got a little rowdy during the party. So we were laughing. And so Carmen's like sticking his head up over the booth because we're like, what's happening over there? Like, we want in on the party. We thought we were going to get a few uh, rowdy guests um, unexpectedly, but they didn't stop by. We would have totally let them if they did. <laughs> and I think um, at some point, the, the folks from the standard might take notice of what's going on in their restaurant. Because uh, eventually, to be honest with you, we could probably show up number one in Google for them anytime we want to start including <laughs> it in the, in the podcast text. And they'll be like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> Be like, how come when I Google the standard Fort Myers, I'm finding the Speakeasy Law podcast? <laughs> I mean, we we could do that if we wanted to. Uh, it'll I mean, we happen. give them a shout out every every week, so they take such good care of us that I feel like we owe them the shout out. So Nicole's which standard, awesome. Which one are awesome. you? Which standard are you visiting? Because I, I know there's there's Cakefield. one near me. Oh, that's right near me. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we're not we're not downtown. So there's one downtown, but um, Pagefield is very close to our Fort Myers office, and so we load up our our podcast equipment. I have it in a uh, box. Um, do I don't you plug even know in what you there, call it. Mm-hmm. or do you do it on batteries? No, I plug in. Smart. These things, these units go through batteries in two hours. Yeah, nope. I yeah, I've always been worried about it running out. So I there's a a plug right behind the booth. We just plug it in and record. And however long the conversation goes is how long the conversation goes. We don't limit it. We don't. If it feels like it's dying, then we wrap it up. You know, just it's like, just we just have like fun with life. it. It's not like a a big deal. So. But I'm really happy the first guest we had at that restaurant because, again, I was terrified, too. I'm like, I don't know if the sound's going to work. I'm like, whatever. He was such a cool guy, and he's so easy to talk to. Um, He's one of my good friends. So I knew if we messed it up, he would come back and do it again. Um, So it wasn't a huge concern with him. Um, Luckily, it worked. When we're recording, the background noise actually sounds really loud in our headphones, Um, And I think probably you probably heard us mentioning it when we started recording the first time with Matt. Um, 
talking about, you know, it sounds so loud. And we just went with it. You know, we we're like, let's see what happens. When I got it back to the office, I plugged it in my computer. I listened to one of our mics and it's, it's not nearly as loud on the recording as it sounds like in our headphones. So it's perfect. We just warn everybody like the background noise sounds loud, but it's, it's going to be perfect. I swear. So yeah, that, and that's, that's producing a podcast right there. If you can address those little rough spots, you're, you're golden. Um, you're you, those are the things that make you sound like an old pro with podcasting. <laughs> you know, it's, we're, it's we're none getting of there. The, we're getting yeah, there. It's the little tricks that, really make the difference in whether the audio comes in easily usable and that kind of thing. Now, real quick, look at your screen because I still don't see you. Check to see if there's an eyeball on there your is. side. That, I can I can see. I Now check. I'm gone. It says you successfully hid yourself. I haven't seen you the whole time, just so you know. That's weird. It, it just it, told me I hid myself. Let me unhide myself. View yourself. Hide cam. Nope. It says I'm sharing mic with you. I mean, You're sharing. Uh, I'm not mic. I'm sorry. It says sharing video with you. So it's very it, strange. All I see is black. Your camera's not covered, is it? No, I see myself in it. I'm going to take oh, a shit. picture right now so I can send I it to you. I believe you. I believe you. What the fuck? I'm, I'm gonna not show using you this. Anyway. So I'm, this, is the, this is the deciding factor. This. I'm not going to use this shit anymore. not for you. Ready, smile. We'll use this as a picture. Great. Um, Got it. Yeah, that's annoying. Yeah, very strange. And I will say that the the image on um, the left side of the screen is me. And mine looks pretty crystal clear. I can even see some imperfections I'm not, like, super happy with. So I see mine perfectly clear. Yours, on the other hand, is kind of grainy. So it, It's interesting. So this software, what it does is it's recording HD audio on your end. And it's recording HD audio on my end, so it's not like Zoom. It's not. Um, it's not like a shared right. web file. That's what I wanted to check out because I, I can see the utility in people using like a Zoom format, even though mm -hmm. I don't love it and it never sounds great. This will probably sound pretty good. Plus, I've got audio engineering. Have you but, ever um, used Yardstream? That's what I use. I like it. Rings a bell. Um. As long as they did, and I, I would imagine a lot of people are doing the local audio capture, so it's it's a good version. Um, I I haven't used it, but I'm familiar with the name. Oh, I'm sorry, it's Streamyard, not Yardstream. Streamyard. Streamyard. Yardstream legit sounds to me ten times more familiar than Streamyard. Yeah, Streamyard's what I use. So I use that not for the podcast, um, but I use that for recording videos. So we also do segments occasionally, and I, I hope to be able to use this podcast um, both ways also, but we record segments of Facebook Lives. So we, um, in 2020, we started bringing on a guest every Friday and doing a Facebook Live about different issues that people were concerned with when it came to COVID. Um, and those were really popular. We actually, we had fun with those as well. Um, and I really hope to be able to use this and, and that. But now that we're recording at a restaurant, I don't really have a way to record video. I haven't figured that out yet. But once I figure out how I can record it, then I, I will probably start streaming it again. Um, 
I've noticed that my guests relax more though with the podcast than they do with Facebook Live and I think it's because they're on their best behavior and they're worried about what they're going to say and um, so I don't know if I'd put them on the spot and do a live but at least record it so I can post the video later even if I have to edit something out. They definitely relax more though when it's not live. When they know that it's a recording yeah. and if something gets said that's not great, we can always remove it. Um, and we, we rarely have to. I think just knowing they can relaxes them. That's Pardon? my point. Yeah, I think if as long as you take away fear of the unknown and as long as you let them know there's a safety net, yeah, then they become comfortable enough to walk a tightrope and not fall down anyway. But yeah, StreamYard's what I use for those Facebook Lives because it'll stream directly to Facebook. You can stream to LinkedIn. You can stream to wherever. And then you can download the recording also and upload it to YouTube or however you want to do it. But it's great because you can you can put little tickers at the bottom. You can change the, the overlay. You can do a lot of creative stuff with it. And, Interesting. I mean, cool. I don't know how I, the um, audio is for you, but I like it. Um, I, I want to thank you. I think I, you've, I appreciate all your feedback. I like that you're having fun. You guys are certainly, your output's awesome. I mean, you're probably going to go you. from 20 to 20 to 40 episodes really quick. And then like one day Carmen's going to look down and just be like, holy cow, we have 40 freaking podcast episodes. Didn't feel I like know. that. I need to catalog them too, so that we can start, um, kind of organizing them because we try to give our team the uh, capabilities of knowing what's out there. If they know we've done a video on a certain topic, you know, they can guide oh, our yeah. clients to that topic. If they know there's a podcast on a certain topic. So I need to start cataloging them, kind of putting little descriptions and the links um, so that we can, we can give those to our team so they can give them to our clients if needed. But I also would like to start going back through and taking little snippets of information that We've set on them and using those as social media posts as well. Good, good. <laughs> I, uh, I'm glad you're having fun. Uh, you always reach out to me. You know, you don't hesitate and we, we do have good conversations. I think that's important. And you bounce ideas off me in advance instead of calling me and saying, hey, uh, we did this and it didn't work. You're like, hey, we're going to do this. And I, I think you guys are off to the races now and the more comfortable you get, the more the quality of the actual product in terms of your conversations will improve and the segments we pull out of it will improve. But it, it was great to sort of circle back after you guys took a little time to get the momentum, but now you're kind of crushing it. So I thought this would be a fun combo and I, I appreciate you coming on with me. Uh, next time we'll Thanks probably be using- Thanks for having me, uh, I appreciate yeah, it. Right, I like having conversations. I think I've got the most fun job I've ever had now. I, I spend my week listening to people who are passionate about what they do. Like, it's hard to find yourself in a bad mood when that's the environment you're in right. 24-7. I like that. Yeah, it's awesome. Cool. All right, well, I dear. really appreciate you having me on here, and uh, we'll definitely keep sending you some more episodes. Good. Give my regards to the peeps. I will. Thank you so much, Tom. Yes, ma'am. Talk to you soon. Bye. Available exclusively to marketing professionals and decision makers at nichepodcast.net.